0: Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, my name is Audrey Goh. Welcome to Talking Thematics, a series of conversations where we will discuss about future trends, big ideas or themes that will shape our investment future today and for many years to come. Today we shall be talking about our latest thematic update, and this year so far has been quite a rough ride for many of our long-term structural themes. We've got a rather challenged macro backdrop with a sharp rise in bond yields, pretty hawkish central banks, China lockdown, and of course the ongoing conflict in Ukraine and Russia. Joining me in today's podcast to discuss about these and more, we have Hannah Chu, Portfolio Strategist from our CIO office. Thanks for joining us, Hannah. Now, Hannah, one of the questions I frequently get from investors is if climate investing has lost its shine. Um, if we look at year-to-date, some of the themes associated with climate, uh, whether it's it electric vehicle, clean energy, green CAPEX, um, they have seen some you know, higher volatility as well as price decline, despite still quite positive you know, narrative from the shift towards a net-zero environment. And of course, the Russian-Ukraine conflict over the last two months have also put a spotlight on energy supply security and consequently inflation and central bank policy. So investors today are naturally feeling quite jitterish and many of our climate themes have also uh, suffered as a result. So how do you see this situation in Ukraine and Russia playing out and how would that impact some of the themes uh,
1: that we like today? That's a great question, Audrey. And One thing investors should remember is that geopolitical tensions tend to be short-lived historically. So unless the conflict broadens further, the impact to the markets should be relatively short-lived as investors tend to refocus their attention to the business cycle and growth outlook. The ongoing war between Russia and Ukraine has also highlighted the key role that Russia plays in supplying global oil and gas, particularly in the case for Europe where about 40% of their oil and gas are imported from Russia. So the impact to Europe is significant, and there is a growing risk that Europe may well fall into a recession should the conflict be uh, protracted and the oil and gas prices remain elevated. I think a bigger question is really how Europe is going to reduce their dependency on Russia as energy supply is becoming an increasingly sovereign issue for for the region. Uh, But we've seen in recent times that the EU has taken action by introducing the Repower EU plan that includes renewable growth plans. Germany in particular has also accelerated their transition plans by 15 years, uh, aiming to be 100% renewable by 2035. Clean energy is also increasingly seen as sort of the energy of freedom, and this is giving European countries the impetus to transition away from fossil Uh, energy to something more sustainable in order to safeguard their energy security. So we do believe themes within our climate bucket uh, are well placed to benefit from this. And we also see companies specialising in clean technology solutions um, as benefiting from the increased demand as a result of recent geopolitical events that is accelerating the need for energy transition we have thus added back clean technology under this umbrella for this quarter. Uh, and lastly, we've also seen valuations as falling from a year ago, and we see it as a more attractive from a risk-reward perspective.
0: Well, um, that's all in good, but we also know that central banks are leaning on uh, the hawkish side uh, this time round, and uh, the Fed is expected to hike by about nine times uh, by the end of the year, and as a result, bond yields are rising sharply. So, Bond use tends to have a pretty close correlation with some of these long-term structural themes, whether it is in climate or in the technology sector. So I know that uh, within our digital team, uh, we do have a preference for our say, 5G internet of things as well as cybersecurity. So how would they be impacted and how would do you continue to see them evolving in the coming years ahead?
1: Uh, yeah, it has indeed been challenging for our digital theme. And this month, we've actually closed our view on fintech and blockchain solutions as their valu- valuations remain relatively elevated relative to the broad global equities and also given that they are more susceptible to higher bond yields. Uh, but that being said, one of our sub-themes focusing on cybersecurity has actually managed to regain some of its initial losses. And on this note, I wanted to talk about how the Russia-Ukraine war has also highlighted the importance of cybersecurity. So while the frequency and cost of cyber attacks have increased over the years, as a greater portion of our activities are conducted digitally, I mean, given since uh, the pandemic started and the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict also has potentially a high risk of spillover effects from cyber attacks. So when we look at past events, so such as the one in 2017, The NotPetya malware uh, was a component of the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, which had originally been intended to uh, infiltrate computer systems to affect Ukraine only, but the virus, as we know, spread far beyond the borders of Ukraine and resulted in more than $10 billion worth of damage. And given this environment of elevated geopolitical tensions, we do see cybersecurity as really being core to the digital ecosystem that... Uh, enables the continued progression of safe technology innovation and the privacy of data. And we've also seen uh, more governments and agencies really introducing new cybersecurity and network defense measures.
0: Uh, Talking about digital and tech, China comes to mind. Uh, We know for a fact that the Chinese internet sector has come under a lot of pressure given crackdowns by the Chinese authorities. And as a result, that has driven uh, a significant scale sell-off in the Hang tech index down between uh, over 40%, say, between early January and March this year. And of course, uh, the sector has rebounded quite sharply in recent weeks. So what are your latest thoughts on the China internet as well as the China common prosperity themes going forward?
1: Uh, as you have rightfully pointed out, Audrey, um, at the headline level, not only has our Chinese internet sub-theme struggled to perform well. Actually, across our China Common Prosperity theme, the China Renewable and Hub Manufacturing theme has also struggled to perform well. So these really arise from the concerns of the ADR delisting on US-listed Chinese equities, and the risk of further regulation has also led to uh, significant outflows from the internet technology sector, as investors recalibrate their long-term expectations on sector risk and profitability. So we have closed our preference on the China internet uh, sub-theme on the back of these regulatory risk and negative earnings outlook. Uh, but that being said, we still see other policies as uh, really being supportive for our renewable and hard-tech sub So for example, China's goals of peaking carbon emissions before 2030 And subsequently achieving carbon neutrality before 2060 is really driving China's plans to transform uh, their energy system to become greener. And guidelines offered by the National Energy Administration shows their intentions to really ensure that um, all new energy demand will be met by non-fossil fuel sources. Uh, and we also strongly believe in China's historical track record of uh, political willpower to drive changes in order to reach their stated goals. And this is really key in delivering positive performance in the long run.
0: So Hanok, we have spoken a lot about our views on uh, various long-term themes. Uh, but if an investor you know, is looking to incorporate some of these themes into their portfolio, um, how should we go about doing that? And what might they you know, stand to benefit by doing so?
1: For one, I I think it allows you to invest in the future so through the powerful structural drivers which shapes the economy and the society for years to come. Uh, Secondly, uh, it can help investors to get ahead of the curve before mainstream index inclusion or ownership. And lastly, it also offers uh, some degree of diversification relative to what one may own within their own traditional uh, benchmark-oriented strategies. So currently, a majority of long-term themes lies in the equity market and these can be quite volatile depending on the stage of the trend that a company or industry is in. So the weightage to these themes should also be considered in conjunction with one's overall allocation to equities. Uh, A review of allocations to themes from various institutions actually does suggest that anywhere between uh, 10 to 15% of risk budget as a general rule of thumb. But what is more important is to assess how the addition of specific themes can complement your own investment portfolio. So whether it's from a return enhancement perspective or a risk reduction standpoint. Uh, To what extent are you buying exposure to traditional assets through themes? And more importantly, are you getting a truly unique exposure to the themes or trends that you are more interested in? So thematic investing is a relatively active way of investing giving you, the investor, opportunities to express your conviction on long-term development. And it's also a good way to future-proof one's portfolio, riding alongside with the winds of social economic shifts and development. Well, I think that really
0: summarizes well uh, what we believe when it comes to thematic investing. And while it is likely that some of these themes may well remain volatile in the near term, uh, it is really important for investors to take a longer-term view when it comes to structural themes. And Hana, you have highlighted some benefits, uh, including the tailwinds from structural growth, uh, potentially higher earnings growth trajectory, as well as the prospect for diversification, which will be important for the long-term health of one's uh, portfolio. Uh, so once again, thanks Hana for joining me today and for all the insights that you have spoken about. And thank you, listener, for joining us. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please do not forget to like or subscribe to our podcast channel. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.